Good morning, and peace be with you. I'm going to let you take a look on your own at our bulletin and the upcoming events. I will highlight one, uh, actually two. One is that uh, our missions this month will, the donations will go to the Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ. And that is the affiliation that uh, they're the ones that uh, gave the nod and made the platform for me to be uh, ordained uh, for you to make the call. They're the ones that certify me as a as a minister of the word, and they're also the ones that this church uh, fits under their umbrella as a um, as a nonprofit organization. They have been uh, wonderfully supportive of many churches over the years, uh, almost 900 churches, and they are on a shoestring budget. They do not have a large staff. They do not have a bishop, uh, so they um, are. Uh, growing, and they are vital in the support of churches just like ours. So I would uh, ask that you would give as your heart leads you to them. It is a good uh, organization. Uh, Many, many churches are still leaving the ELCA to come to the LCMC. It's a very good alternative to what we find at the uh, ELCA. So The other thing I would draw your attention to is that uh, we are having our congregational meeting next um, Saturday, so please come. That's for uh, all members who, uh, voting members, and can come and and we're going to have a lunch and go over the previous year's uh, business, uh, have some votes, uh, welcome some new members, and uh, if we do it right according to Randy, we'll be out of here in 10 minutes. So, yeah, can I get a second on that? All, all in favor. So, okay, I think that's about it, Tim. Let's get going. Oh 
is able to do far more abundantly. Will you please stand? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. 
This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and on earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 1 through 5, and can be found on page 1159 in the Pew Bible. In this verse, uh, Isaiah is assuring Zion of his unfailing love and is pleading for her over her trials and difficulties. And he tells us that Zion will, shall be called by a new name when the Messiah comes and preaches his gospel. Isaiah 62, 1 through 5. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindications shine out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will not be a, you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hetzabah and your land Belah. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. 
We'll read Psalm 128 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin. This psalm is often called the marriage prayer, as it's often sung at Israelite weddings. God is the true head of the home, and he will reward our devotion to him with inner peace. Psalm 128. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. The next reading is taken from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 1 through 11, and can be found on page 1785 in the Pew Bible. Here, Paul is writing to the troubled church in Corneth that is being split by various rivals' claims of their spiritual gifts. He warns that we must never use gifts as a means of manipulating others or serving our own self-interest. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11 Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of the God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are kinds of ser different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the second chapter. Glory to you, O Christ. 
Our gospel this morning is indeed from St. John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and can be found on page 1648 in your pew Bible. John records, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. And nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so that they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside and he said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best until now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, on the second Sunday after the Epiphany, we have just read and heard John 2 and the story of the wedding in Cana. Another story I'll share with you right now. They're young newlyweds. They fled in terror. They were looking for a place to hide. And although they were newly married, their wedding already seemed like a distant memory. The wedding itself was perfect. And the two lovers were obviously created for each other. And they had received gifts beyond measure. And then they made the mistake. And they were hiding. Now they were hiding, but the sound of their pursuer, that sound came closer and closer. And then they heard his voice. Adam, where are you? 
Adam and Eve, the father and mother of the entire human race, had surrendered to temptation that was offered to them by a snake. They sinned against God, and they condemned all of us to a lifetime of suffering. They drove a an eternal wedge between God and man that threatened to destroy all that God had made. However, God had a plan. He had a plan that was older than creation itself. And even as he declared the curses that Adam and Eve and the snake had brought on themselves, God revealed his plan. Genesis 3.14, he said, The Lord God said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. God promised Adam and Eve a Savior who would deliver a mortal blow to the enemy. God promised to heal their relationship with him through that Savior. The healing. The healing needed blood and lots of it. God shed the first blood and began a history of bloody sacrifice when he covered Adam and Eve's naked shame with the skins of animals. For the first book of Moses tells us in Genesis 3.21, the Lord made for Adam and for his wife garments of the skins and clothed them. Now blood and sacrifice, they fill the pages of the Bible. When Noah came out of the ark, he sacrificed animals to God. When Abraham arrived in the land of Canaan, he sacrificed animals to God. And when Moses sprinkled the blood of sacrifices on the people, the priest sacrificed a lamb every morning and every evening. A lot of blood. Why all the sacrifice? Why? All this blood. Well, God inspired Moses to write this in Leviticus 17, 11. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. And God also inspired the writer of Hebrews to say this in Hebrews 9.22, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Sin is very serious. Justice demands our life every time that we violate God's law. We indeed deserve nothing but punishment here in this life and forever in eternity. By rights, 
we should pay for every sin with our own blood. And it is God's mercy that put animals on the altar instead of the sinners themselves. It is God's mercy because the Old Testament sacrifices were a symbol of the way God would one day offer his own sacrifice, his very son, to satisfy the justice once and for all. Some in our culture want to convince us, maybe even we try to convince ourselves, that sin is really not that serious. We might hear or say things like, Everybody makes a mistake once in a while. After all, we are only human. Or boys will be boys. Others want to change the law so that sin does not exist. They might say something like, how can it be wrong if it feels so right? Or what's right for you is not necessarily right for me. Or, dying is just part of living. Well, here's a truth bomb for you. Dying is not just a part of living. Dying is the curse of sin. Death is an accusation that we do not measure up to the law of God. Now, the Old Testament Christian would have no doubt that sin was serious. Every time he traveled to the temple in Jerusalem, he would see sacrifices, and he would see a lot of blood. And when he brought his own sacrifice to the Lord's altar, he would confess his sin over the animal, and then he would symbolically transfer his sins into the animal by pressing down on the animal's head. Then the animal would die. On his behalf. And the blood of the animal revealed the depth of his sin and the fact that he needed to do the sacrifice again. That told him that his sacrifice was only a shadow of the one sacrifice that forgives his sin once and for all. Again, the writer to the Hebrews says this in Hebrews 10 verse 11. Every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. So our gospel reading today is about the revelation of that once and for all sacrifice. Several thousand years after Adam and Eve's wedding, God came to another wedding. And this time, no one ran away. Nobody hid from him. The only fear that they had was that they might run out of wine. And the guests did not know that God was there. They only saw Jesus a carpenter's son. But that would soon change because he was about to reveal himself as the Lord of creation 
and the fulfillment of the words that he had spoken to the serpent all those years ago. His revelation would eventually lead to Calvary and his death on the cross. And there he would shed his blood once and for all for the sins of the whole world. And today's gospel, it's more than a simple story about Jesus helping a friend out of an embarrassing situation. It is the revelation of Jesus to his disciples. Jesus revealed himself as a prophet greater than Moses. And the disciples had grown up listening to the stories about Moses, who freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And they remembered that God revealed his power to all of Egypt when Moses changed water into blood, so that even the Nile turned to blood. And the, Jesus, and the disciples just saw Jesus do what Moses did, only he did it way better. Moses changed the water into the blood of animals. Jesus changed the water into the blood of the grape. The blood of Moses brought death. For we know in Exodus, the fish in the Nile died, and the Nile stank, so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile. Moses gave the law, and the law condemns. The unending bloody sacrifice of the law only shows us the futility of our own efforts. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, brings life. For we are reminded in 1 Corinthians chapter 11... Verses 23 through 25, Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me and in the same way. He also took the cup after saying, after supper saying, this is my cup, and this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You've heard that before. Amen? The blood of Jesus is the gospel, and the gospel gives life. For where there is faith in the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross... There is forgiveness of sins. And where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. The blood of Jesus' revelation is with us this very day, for we regularly hear God's words over the wine that waits on the altar every week. And when we do that, it Two becomes the true blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the bread that is with it becomes his true body. This is a revelation that you can literally sink your teeth into. This is a revelation that you sip into your mouth, 
and that you taste and that you swallow. Both Jesus and Moses revealed themselves by changing water into blood, and both of their missions reached a climax when they put blood on wood. The mission of freeing the slaves in Egypt came to a climax when the children of Israel painted the blood of the Passover lamb on the wood above their doors. And the mission of freeing the world from the slavery of sin came to a climax when God himself became the Passover lamb and painted his own blood on the wood of the cross. God's sacrifice was the once and for all sacrifice that healed the separation between God and his creation. And with the Passover, God freed a nation from the slavery of Egypt through his servant Moses. And Moses remained with the new nation to guide them until they reached the promised land. And the same thing happened when Jesus died. His death freed his people, freed the church from the slavery of sin. And God raised Jesus from the dead, and Jesus ascended into heaven. But before Jesus ascended, he promised that he would be with us through the church. And so now God leads his children to the promised land. And as we travel, he prepares us for one last great wedding. For with his death and resurrection, he betrothed himself to the church. And the church is now his bride. And even now, he prepares a new home for her. And when the time is right and the new home is complete, he will take her home to an eternal wedding feast. And there he shall provide all good things, and we shall never run out of anything. In the name of Jesus, amen.
understand. Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. You will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, you manifested your glory in the sign at Cana. And as you restored creation through the shedding of Christ's blood, pour out your grace in abundance. Give us joy and gladness in the revelation of your truth in the person of your Son. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of glory, preserve your Son's bride, the church. Make it her constant joy and delight to preach the good news of forgiveness in her Savior to poor sinners. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of glory, you blessed the wedding at Cana with your presence and honored it with your first miracle. Strengthen and give your gladness to all married couples and their families. Be present in our homes and lives with your free and abundant forgiveness and preserve us in the true faith from each generation to the next. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of glory, you rule this world by your power. Give to our civil servants respect and recognition of your creation and its nature. When they use the authority given them from above, let it be in accord with your good design for our world and not the corruption of sin, which they are to rebuke for the good of their citizens. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of glory, we bring before you the sick, the distressed, and the needy, giving your abiding comfort in every circumstance that in Christ we shall not die, but live and declare his works. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of glory, as you manifested yourself by the sign at Cana, transforming water into wine. So manifest yourself to us here, transforming bread and wine to be 
your very body and blood for the forgiveness of sins and make us fit partakers in repentance and faith. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that of your grace you have instituted holy matrimony in which you keep us from unchastity and other offenses. We implore you, send your blessing on every husband and wife. Do not let them provoke one another to anger and strife, but let them live peaceably together in love and godliness. Strengthen them with your gracious help in all temptations and help them to rear their children in accordance with your will. Grant us all to walk before you in purity and holiness, putting our trust in you and leading such lives on earth that in the world to come we may have everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace responsibly and from a distance. And you can wave and give a, will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Sharing our life, he lived among us to reveal your glory and love, that our darkness should give way to his own brilliant light. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. 
This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread or drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. He reveals himself to you and to me through these simple elements of bread and of wine. Through these simple elements, he gives you, imparts on you grace. He rescues you from sin, death, and the devil. Now, you hear today true body and, and, and true blood. And as Lutherans, we do not believe that this transubstantially turns into actual DNA of blood and body. But we call it true blood and true body. How? Why? Because Jesus says he is there. He is in it. He says, this is my body. We take him at his word. So he's in it. He's on it. He's above it, below it, on every side. He is there. He's promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. He is in the elements. And if that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you up.
Jesus did it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, his blood washed it white as snow. Once and for all. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of God has reached for me And pulled me from a raging sea On this solid ground The Lord is my salvation I will not fear when darkness falls His strength will help me scale these walls I'll see the dawn of the rising sun my salvation
He will.